From the Podcast Network at Family Life, this is Brian Goins, host of Married with Benefits, where we're committed to helping you love the one you're with and discover all the benefits that came with saying, I do. This entire season, I've been joined by Harvard-trained researcher and best-selling author Shanti Feldhahn as we've been answering questions every husband is asking, but they've just never gotten a straight answer for. And Shanti, it has been uh, fun to sit down with you again and yeah. do this series. Yeah, I have loved being able to dig into some of these questions, man. We've had a verse that's kind of guided us this whole season, which is from 1 Peter 3, 7, live with our wives in an understanding Way and one translation, and I think it's a New American Standard version that says, "For she is a woman," <laughs> which seems obvious, but I guess us guys need to be hit over the head with a two by four, and just to know that she's different. She's not a man. She doesn't think like us. She doesn't feel like us. And we've been learning. It seems like every every time we've gotten together, I feel like I've learned something new about my wife. And I've been married for over twenty years, and yet I'm going, oh yeah, she processes different, feels different, and I need to be a student of her. And I think this question, especially, really gets to the heart of this verse. Hi, I'm Bruce. I've been married for seven years, and my question is, why does my wife expect me to read her mind? Man. And I understand that was one of the top questions on Family Life Local. It was. So Family Life Local is a group of families, of of folks that are excited about building in and making an impact in their community. They have a Facebook group where they're talking about best practices on how their family can impact other families. Because at Family Life, we really believe that any family can have a major impact in the community around them. So if you want more information about that or to join that group, go to familylife.com slash local. And there's a lot of guys that were saying, this is the question for me. As you listen to that question, I want to see if I can guess what's going through your mind right no. now. No, all right. You ready? Yeah, Okay. Absolutely. Are you thinking about sports? No. Uh, are you thinking about Marvel movies? Uh, maybe, actually, because okay. I'm a huge Marvel fan. Okay, yeah, but just absolutely. not right now. Not right, right this second. Okay, no. yep. Mexican food. No. Okay, that's all my – those are all my, my only categories. Now, we're joined today with Jim <laughs> Mitchell. Jim is our executive producer here at Married with Benefits. That's right. And uh, a guy that I, – I understand you're on here because you're an expert uh, mind reader of your own wife. Would Lisa say that? I'm <laughs> – she would not. Glad she's not here. Mm-hmm. I'm an expert. Oh, she in, might. I met Lisa. She's awesome. She is awesome. I think I'm an expert in the sense of I have a lot of experience maybe. I'm the most experienced in the room mm-hmm. at asking this question. Yeah. Maybe not bring the most knowledge. By the way, it's a lot easier on that side of the glass than it is on this side of the glass. I you just want to so? say that. I do. Oh, yeah, come you guys on. Are doing a good job in here. You're a natural. So, you know, I think about that. Where do you most feel that pressure, Jim, to read your wife's mind? Where do you feel that expectation? So let me just say this about my wife. We've been married 25 years. She's incredible. I am realizing more and more every day how much I need to be a student of her. There is so much more to explore, which Shanti, I think, is a huge discovery just for any man at any stage in marriage. So I'm, I'm beginning to really enjoy reading her and trying to understand her. I don't think I've done it well, but I will say this about my wife. She's the only person I know. You know that that game that youth groups used to play where you'd line up kids in chairs and you would tell the, the first kid on the end a sentence, just any sentence, and then they whisper it to the next kid and they whisper <laughs> right. it to the next kid. And by the time you get to the end, you know, it's a yellow unicorn r- climbing a rainbow <laughs> and, yes, and right. eating acorns or something. It's something completely different. I say this about my wife lovingly. She's the only person I know that can play that absolutely by herself. Like she, she can say something uh-huh. and I can say, what'd you say? Cause I, I didn't catch it and she'll repeat it and it's different. And I say, wait, no, that's not say it again. And she can say something 
completely different. And by the time she said it five times, she's forgotten what she said in the first place. And this has been maddening to me as a husband as I've tried to sort of drill into those words. And so it's not even just reading her mind. It's like I can't – I'm not even sure I'm good at translating English from what's coming out of her mouth. <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure the words have a lot of meaning for her. Yeah. And that leads to a lot of conflict and for she's, us. And she's probably trying to process. Like she's trying to think through what she's thinking and explain it at the same time. And I can see why a guy would be a little confused by that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, Shanti, where have you found this to be an expectation? Do you feel like wives have the same expectation? Like – yeah, my husband should read my mind. Well, to some degree, this is really unfair, but yeah, kind of. And and I know the guys because we know what? that's that's not a superpower any of us have, right? No, and and we know that. I think most women obviously are completely aware that this is not something we should expect. Under the surface, though, there is a understandable feeling that he should notice at least if there's something wrong. And press into it. He should be able to notice that when, you know, are you okay? Yeah, fine. Like that should be a signal to any thinking person <laughs> that the answer isn't, okay, great. I'll go turn on the game then. Right. But there is a signal that is being given that if you care about me enough, you will press in to try to figure out what's wrong. Yeah. One of my favorite characters um, in literature is Sherlock Holmes, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. Mm. I thought – created one of the best characters that uh, – and it's he stood the test of time. And one of the things that I love about him is that he is hyper aware and observant of people, so much so that it surprises the people he's talking to, where he can learn something about somebody just by totally observing them and then speak into what they felt, what their occupation is, all of that kind of thing. And when I think Peter's talking about with this verse, live with your wives in an understanding way, is be Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. I think uh, I totally agree. One thing that I've discovered, Chanti, I want to ask you about this, is I've learned the difference. I think I'm learning the difference between asking questions and being curious. I think I've gotten really good at asking questions. I see of my why wife. we wanted Jim in the oh, room. Yeah, yeah That's good. absolutely. So I'll drill. My questions are usually pointed at the words. Which really isn't a demonstration of curiosity no. at all. So help me with that. You're help like me. trying to unpack linguistics and that's yes. not going to help. Why did you yes. say this? And she's <laughs> like, I don't remember saying that. I said, no, you did say that. Yeah, I can play the tape back if you'd like. You can't DVR real life. I've wanted to rewind and play it for her and prove it. But help me with that. I, I really am curious um, where I'm breaking down when I begin to ask, repeat that question for me and it becomes an interrogation. Well, because, I mean, the thing is you're – you're not realizing that in that situation, at least I would love to talk to Lisa and find out if this is what's actually going on, but I would imagine it's some of what we've talked about in previous episodes, which is that your wife probably is a verbal processor. And as you're asking her those questions, she's actually talking it through to try to figure out what she's thinking and to try to figure out how to explain it. And so that's why it changes is because she's gone further in her thinking. She's not actually just repeating it over and over. Her thinking has progressed. And that's an example of, okay, do you care enough about me to go with me on this journey? Because mm-hmm. it is not – you said this four minutes ago. It's like that, that's not the point. The point is do you care enough to engage? <laughs> do, you, do you care enough to sort of go with me on whatever it is that I am trying to explain to you? I'm trying to, to give to you. And the reality is, guys, if, if I can just be honest, I feel kind of bad. I'm surrounded by men here. Yeah, you with are. The, yeah, so be careful what production you're production crew yeah. and everything else. But to some degree, I think sometimes the answer is no, I don't care enough. 
Like, I'm just tired. It's been a long day. Can we please just, can I please just take my shoes off and go sit on the couch? As opposed to what your wife needs from you at that moment. Robert Lewis in Rocking the Rolls, great author on on guys' issues and marriage and great pastor. He said, most men are not necessarily unwilling to meet their wife's needs. They're simply unaware of what those needs really are. And then I think to take it one step further, it's they're unaware because they may not be curious enough to find out, or they might be yeah. too tired, or they just go into a place where it's like, "Gosh, I got so much going on." And I can—I bet some husbands right now are going, "One more thing for me to think about now when I get yeah. home." Yeah. And so now you want me to be hyper aware, hyper sensitive, hyper conscientious, and that doesn't—you know—that doesn't come naturally. Would it make a difference to the average husband? And this is this is an honest question for all the mm-hmm. the men in the room, right? <laughs> Would it make a difference for you to know, as a man, that this? need of your wife actually does come from a deep place of need, not playing games, not she's testing me, mm-hmm. not one more thing I have to do, yep. but that, no, there's actually a, a real vulnerability in her heart. And you're probably the one she most needs to speak into that vulnerability. Would that make a difference to you as a guy? It definitely would. I think I am learning recently just um, how much my wife would like to be pursued and would like to be understood. And the irony is sometimes that means I have to tolerate misunderstanding a lot of words to actually understand (laughs) her. To live with her in an understanding way means living with her with misunderstanding. Mm. And I don't like that. I'm uncomfortable with that. I would love to reduce the interaction to – a definition of terms, a clear grammatical <laughs> statement, or an understanding where we both agree. And it probably has a lot to do with I just haven't carved out enough time for this conversation. And intuitively, I would like to get back to the game. I think she yep. she hit both of us there on that comment. I think she was talking to you. But yeah, go ahead. Well, <laughs> I was looking to you for some support, bro. <laughs> you just threw him under the bus. I did. That's all right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And And if that's going on under the surface, my wife knows that. And so she knows I haven't carved out enough time. And so I really would like to get to the bottom line quickly. And I don't want to have to read your mind to do it. And what that's really, I think, saying to her is, I don't want to take time for you. Yeah. When you think about, we've, we had the, um, in this season and in the other season about Hallmark movies, which, you know, we know our, our audio producer, James Youngblood, has got a website, husbandsforhallmark.com. <laughs> and he's going to be starting that as a result of this. There'll be a high demand for that. But when you think about those movies or romance novels or any of that stuff, one thing I, I think that attracts women to that, Shanti, I, you can back me up on this, is because there is this, they, all, they seem to read minds. You know, yes. They bring yes. hot chocolate at the perfect time. Yes. They come back and and restore uh, some conversation or conflict. They're they're willing to move into that and know that they're disappointed or they just perfectly do it. Why? Because the script was written that way. And us guys don't have our own script. And I think what you're bringing up, Jim, is that too often we don't want to take the time to write the script. I don't want to take the time to actually dig in and find out what if I if I was really observant of her body language. Uh, not the words that are coming out, but but the way it's being said. And so much of conversation, we all do that, is not what's being said, but how it's being said. It's interesting. I actually had a really serious case of bilateral pneumonia and the bottoms of my lungs 
sort of collapsed. There was a lot of issues there, and I was kind of sick. Well, that sounds for terrible. A while. Yes, I mean, it was, there's, it was, there's, a, there's a lot of things that say, "Hey, what happened? What, are you sick?" Well, no, my lungs just collapsed. It's not a it's not a big I'll deal. I'll be fine. I'll be all right. I'll be okay. I was I was not well there for a couple of months, and it was really interesting how much I felt cared for by Jeff, who is not normally kind of a hovering type. He's much more a suck it up. You'll be fine. <laughs> suck you know? it up, Nancy. <laughs> exactly. And um, But how I felt cared for by his sort of over-awareness of, you okay? Do you need to sit down? Like, you know, we we had some events in Colorado and, hey, the air in Colorado is thinner and it gets less oxygen into my lungs. And so I needed more like rest. I needed more sleep. And his awareness of, you know what, why don't we just take a an hour and you just chill for a bit, mm-hmm. that awareness made me feel really cared for because he was investigating. He was watching. He could tell there was something wrong with me. And so he had this level of conscientiousness about it. And I think to some degree that I'm not sure that men realize that underneath the surface, in us as women, in our hearts, there's always this vulnerability. There's always this question that's very real of, does he really care about me? Like, is he, does he care enough to watch me? And that level of conscientiousness even if it's at a, a low level, when it gets triggered by, you know, this is a difficult season or or whatever, for a guy to enter into that and to be aware that his wife is saying, yeah, it, I'm fine. I'm Yeah, I'm fine. What's wrong? Nothing. Okay, well, that's the equivalent of she's got pneumonia of the heart. Like, hello. Wow. Like, dig into that a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, what I just heard you say, and of course, I just told you I've been married 25 years, but it's exciting to me to think another 25 years, what I just heard you tell me is that there's a challenge before me to begin to read my wife and to begin to understand her and be conscientious in the way that you you just described. I've been thinking about, there's a verse in Genesis 3 where in the curse of the man, he gets defensive and he looks at God and he says, this woman you gave me, the woman you gave me. And he wants to blame her. And so you start— And the, blame God, too. Right. And, and blame God. This is his go-to move, is to, mm-hmm. is to blame God and point at this woman as a, as a stumbling block for him. And so from the very first pages of the Bible, this relationship is framed as an antagonistic almost. Mm-hmm. And now I'm realizing in my marriage, I can almost redeem that phrase. Mm-hmm. I can almost say, Lord, this woman that you gave me— in a very redemptive way and say, yes, she's frustrating. Yes, she's very different than me. Yes, she's a mystery, and that's exciting. And I don't know where this heads, but but I'm on board for this trip, and I want to know her, and I want to pursue her. This woman you gave me in a, in a way that I'm claiming that as a joy for me as a husband. And that, for me as a wife, that, what you just said, it like hits every emotional note that a husband would want to do that, like that he would care enough about his wife to do that. And I think to some degree, it's maybe that the men don't realize that's actually a need. Like that's, Mm -hmm. that is what this verse means. Live with your wives in an understanding way. And I mean, I think, and we don't even want to go 
there too far, but because she's the weaker vessel, you know, because we didn't the, say it, Sean. I know. I'm. I'm Tell us I'm, about that. I'm, Tell I'm us going about there. that. <laughs> <laughs> you said before this podcast. I don't. I don't know. If we want to talk oh, about that. We want to I talk don't about know. that. No, but there. I think to to a certain degree, certainly from the perspective of, of a husband, the perception of a husband, like I don't get this. What? And it's almost more to some degree emotionally. There's more of a need there of wanting to know that he understands her. And that need, if you call that weaker, okay, but it's a need. And I'm not sure that men really realize that is the cry of a woman's heart. That is what we've been talking about. This whole season, this whole podcast has really been to try to help men grasp, yeah, you have your vulnerabilities as a man. You don't want to think about them, but they're, they're, <laughs> but there. they're there. They're big. And that's what we did in questions every wife is asking. But this season is to help men understand your confident looking awesome wife. She has this fragility inside her, this vulnerability that really questions whether she's enough for you. And chances are it's what got you to the altar to begin with is that you were an incredible student of your wife, noticed everything, Knew her Starbucks drink, even if it took you three <laughs> sentences to put it out there. You did all that you could to get her to the altar. And then, unfortunately, because most of us men, you know, we achieved that goal. We climbed that mountain. We did We did it, that it's done. And really, again, it's the start of, okay, how can I continue to seek that need, to pursue that need? I liked what Ryan, our strategist, um, mm-hmm. said. The case wasn't closed. Yes. When you said, I do. If you're Sherlock Holmes, yeah, the case didn't like, okay, wrap that up. No. On to the next thing. It's absolutely still open. And every day you have a chance to read it. Someone wants to find love. You know, there's a lot of different definitions for love. But they said love really is focus. It's like whatever you love, you truly focus on. You notice, you look intently towards. Oh, I like that. And, um, and of course, God is described as someone who we – when. As Tim Keller says, when we are fully known and fully loved, it's a little bit like being loved by God. And so when somebody sees everything that we have, all our vulnerabilities, all our inconsistencies, insecurities, and yet still loves us, that's the way God, God focuses on us. He loved us so much he sent his best mm-hmm. to us. As I audit myself in this with this question, I do a little audit. It occurs to me that I leave very little energy for this. I've, I've gotten very good at the mm. habit of spending all of my energy at the office, pouring myself into the job, and I go home exhausted with maybe just a little bit of fumes left for a few priorities of mine. And then I'm confronted, literally, as I walk in the door, I'm confronted with this other person that's very different that needs me and needs me bad. And I'm just exhausted at the thought of that, and I don't want to put the effort or the energy into having that kind of an exchange. And I would say probably it's because in your mind, you're thinking it shouldn't be necessary. Because for you, what's your vulnerability and what's your feeling like, ah, I got to be focusing on, it's all about, am I, can I provide for the family? Am I enough out there, you know, in the workplace? And not even thinking about the fact that actually this much more important sphere of my life, there is a need there that I didn't realize needed to be curated, that needed to be attended to. And so to some degree, I think maybe it's let's just reset the expectations, guys. You know, that now that you know that your wife does have this need, 
as we think about wrapping up, I can feel, I bet there's a lot of guys right now feeling a sense of just heaviness of like, okay, I've, I've just got to be more aware. So I, I, I've got to be more observant, conscientious, whatever we want to put there, to be Sherlock Holmes to my wife again, to keep the mystery, which there's a romantic side of that that I like, but then there's also a sense of, yeah, but when I was dating and pursuing, I didn't have three kids. I didn't have a full-time <laughs> job. I was in college for goodness sakes. I got all kinds of time in the world. Um, now I don't. And so give me a few things that I can sit back and go, okay, I can achieve that. Like where's a great place to start? I think one of the things that we've already said – is be far more observant of the body language than the words that are coming out. And so when she says I'm – Or both. Or both, yeah. Yeah. But when she says I'm fine but her body's not backing that up, it's like notice that. What's what's another one or two things that as as, – and to Jim saying, I'm going to go home and – I want, to, I want to put energy to this. So give me a couple other things that I can go. I'm going to put energy to this. Well, one of the things that we talked about several times in previous episodes is if you will make a habit, make a practice of doing the simple things that do say, I still do, right? I, I still love you. I'm glad I married you. All Sending her those signals every day, even if it's the little things, you know, sending her the text message or putting your arm around her in church or whatever, those things actually build a level of security under her. And so she's not likely to be as upset as easily. And she's not likely to be as clingy, you know, when you come home from work because she's feeling that sense of security. And that I think to some degree, if you make that a habit, it's like keeping your car maintained, Mm -hmm. right? If you make that a habit, then you'll actually notice those times when there is, okay, there is actually a problem here. And it'll make it easier for you to dig into it rather than sort of just feeling overwhelmed all the time because there's a lot of rattling. Right. Uh, If I could just contribute one, it would be to rediscover the excitement of learning your wife, to be curious Mm -hmm. again. That's an exciting thought of the curiosity that I have as a husband is is exciting to me. What is underneath there, and how can I understand her specifically? So I'm yeah. not I'm not married generally to a gender. I'm married to a specific woman that is unique and wants to be uniquely loved, and that's my challenge in life, and that's fun. And I don't know where that's going to lead. Um, I'm thinking of, there's a verse in the New Testament that's where God says, how can you say you love me when you can't love the person that you see right in front of you? Mm. I can learn to love God by learning tangibly to love this specific person in front of me. Oh, man, guys, I think that's our top tip. Yeah. Just put in big letters, write it on your mirror, be curious yeah. about your wife. Be curious. And you'll start seeing needs that you, that probably are there, but you just haven't been conscientious of. I know for my wife, she would tell you that one of her number one needs is, I want a husband who prays with me. And you'd think after 20 years of ministry that that would have come naturally, and, and it doesn't. And so some of those things that you start noticing are going to require you to do things that don't feel comfortable, don't feel natural. But the more, as Shanti is what you're saying, which I think is great, is as you're getting curious and you're noticing those needs, what's the habit? What's the one or two things that I can start creating a habit out of and it becomes a lifestyle? And so, um, no, one of the things that I think Jen feels love is when coffee's made for in the morning and we have time in the chair with the Bible out and say a quick prayer before we start our day. And that just sets her up for the day. And I know that that gives her fuel. I don't always feel like doing that. But it's one of those things where you go, okay, Lord, give me the strength because mm-hmm. it's something I noticed that she needs. So I think 
being curious, finding one or two things that even right now, you probably know one or two needs right now that you go, you know what? I've been ignoring that. What do I do? Let me do something even today to move into that. Absolutely. So to wrap this up, I want to say thanks, Jim. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Great tip. Being curious. Yes, sir. And rediscovering your wife. That's awesome. Be Sherlock Holmes again uh, to your bride. Well, next time on Married with Benefits, we're going to close out season two, questions every husband is asking with our final episode. Shanti, it's gone by so quick. It has been. It's awesome, though. But you know what? I I decided that we're going to go ahead and close out by taking a cruise. That's going to be what we're going to do our because, last episode. Because, you know, episode. every podcast should we, close out by taking a cruise. We might as Absolutely. well. We are one of the few <laughs> podcasts because we're associated with Family Life that gets to experience the Love Like You Mean It cruise. And you're going to be on there. You and Jeff, you'll be, we'll be one speaking. of the main speakers. And Jen and I will be emceeing and also have a session or two. And so we're going to, at one of your sessions, we're going to go ahead and open it up for questions uh, yes. for husbands and wives to be able to submit their questions. And we're going to do a rapid fire time. Speed round. It's going to be really a chance to sort of grab bag and see what sort of questions have been raised in people's heads by thinking and talking about this for an hour. Yeah, so I'm excited about that. It should be fun. Until then, I'm Brian Goins. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.